Welcome to the Mariners cast presented to you by Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It is January 29th, 2024, 737 p.m. Pacific. This is the second Mariners cast of the day. This is the emergency Jorge Polanco trade podcast. For those of you who've been listening to the Mariners cast over the past almost year or so now, you all know Jorge Polanco was the player I wanted the Mariners to acquire at the trade deadline. Jorge Polanco is the player I've been stumping for ever since then, since July of last of last season, 2023. I think he's the perfect fit on this team. I could not be more excited for the Mariners acquiring Jorge Polanco. We will get into the mechanics of the trade and what that means on today's emergency Mariners cast. Uh, I screwed up a recording of this introduction uh, about two minutes ago. On that introduction, I did open a beer uh, audibly. I wanted to cheers uh, this trade. I wanted to cheers Jerry DePoto in the front office for making an acquisition that I believe um, puts this offense into a really uh, different space than where maybe it ended last season. Um, couldn't be more excited. Couldn't be more amped. Let's get into this trade, talk about what it means. So the overall trade that's come down is Jorge Polanco, second baseman, switch hitting second baseman for the Minnesota Twins, is acquired or was acquired by the Mariners for minor league pitcher, right-handed pitcher Darren Bowen, who's 23 years old. He was a 13th-round pick of the Mariners out of UNC Pembroke, kind of a pop-up prospect. Anthony DiSclefani, who the Mariners acquired from the San Francisco Giants in the Mitch Hanniger trade. Gabriel Gonzalez, right-handed hitting outfield prospect uh, for the Mariners, a top-five prospect undisputably on the Mariners, uh, according to most sources. And reliever Justin Topa, who we all know was a bit of a revelation last season. Mariners give up four players. You hear this come over. You see this come over Twitter. First news is Mariners acquire Jorge Polanco. Obviously, the immediate question is, okay, who they give up, right? Did they give up Montes? Did they give up Young? Did they give up Emerson? Did they give up Celestan? Did they? Is it a bigger trade where Brian Wu or Bryce Miller is gone, right? There's a lot of things going through your mind as a Mariners fan, as someone covering the team, trying to figure out just exactly what it was that the Mariners gave up to get him. So then we start to hear some of the names. Darren Bowen, as I said, right-handed starting pitcher, low A Modesto last season, 23 years old, 13th round pick, 6'3", 180, uh, topped out at 98 on his fastball uh, in in Class A Modesto, uh, nasty sweeper, pitched very well um, for Modesto, 55 and two-thirds innings, 388 ERA, 1.10 whip, 59 strikeouts. I think was a dark horse candidate for the back of the rotation or a a kind of fourth, fifth rotation sort of spot down the road, 25 or 26. Um, could also certainly be a dominant reliever between that dominant sweeper and a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Um, like I said, a bit of a pop-up for the Mariners in the 13th round, but a, the type of pitcher that you expect the Mariners to 
um, develop or make a bit better than what people expected. Uh, so a prospect, but not a high prospect. He was rated uh, the 13th overall prospect in the Mariners organization by baseball prospectus uh, in to coming into this season. So not a no-name for sure, but not a top 10 prospect. Anthony DiScofani, right-handed pitcher. We covered him in a previous Mariners cast when he was acquired. 34 years old this season, uh, $12 million annual, uh, average annual value. He was signed only through this season, 2024. In the past, he's been a middle-of-the-rotation starter in San Francisco in 21. He pitched 167 and two-thirds innings, 3.17 ERA. Really what he was for the Mariners was back back end of the rotation insurance. And while I think the Mariners need that sort of back of the back of the rotation insurance, he was a salary that the Mariners gladly included in this trade uh, to be able to come out pretty close to even uh, with the acquisition of Polanco. Um, Di Sclafani is kind of a, okay, whatever, like, go ahead, take him. We'll go find the next dude like that. Um, the Mariners certainly could bring somebody younger up to play that role if need be, namely Emerson Hancock. Um, so not a big deal. And I think the ability to include that $12 million salary is a big deal. Gabriel Gonzalez. This was the name that, you know, when people are reacting to this trade, he's the one people bring up. He's the one people didn't want to see go. I understand at face value, I understand where fans are coming from, right? Number three, Mariners prospect, according to Pipeline, last season. This season, this offseason, Baseball Prospectus has him as the number four prospect in the Mariners organization, Baseball America, number five. Pipeline had him as the number 79 overall minor league prospect. Gabriel Gonzalez, right-handed hitter, right-handed thrower, 20 years old, 5'10", listed 5'10", 165. I'd say he's closer if you look at him to like 5'10", 190. Signed out of Venezuela in January 15, 2021. Expected to arrive, I'd say, late next year in 26. Last year, between two levels, 298, 361, 467 slug, 837 OPS, 18 homers, and 477 at-bats. He is a prototypical right-handed hitting, slow-footed corner outfielder. Stockier, his greatest skill is his ability to get the bat to the ball. Um, Nice swing, a little bit grooved, but a nice swing, I think. You know, Gonzalez, would you be surprised to see him become a 270 hitter with 25 home runs? Not really, but I think his ceiling is somewhere around there. I don't know that he's got 30 home runs in his bat, and I don't know. I certainly don't think he's a 300 hitter given his uh, lack of foot speed. He's also very much confined to a corner outfield spot. He is a left or right fielder. There is no getting around that. Below average speed. According to BP, uh, they said that he's got a running gait that can best be described as scooting. That's what I saw when I watched tape on Gonzalez. Um, it, is he a is he a good hitter? Absolutely, he is. I'd give his hit tool 
a 60 and his power is probably a, a 60, but you're talking about a bat, almost a bat only outfielder who there's still questions as to whether he's going to be able to hit same side pitching. Um, he's going to kill lefties. I think we all know that. I, I think that he has to hit really well to be a major league player because he's a right-handed hitting bat only sort of player. Um, I see him hitting 20 to 25 home runs, but, you know, running an OBP that's in the low 300s. He is, I think I was probably a bit lower on him as a prospect than some other folks are. Uh, that said, he's still a good asset. Um, I understand why he's included in this in this package. When you look at the rest of the Mariner system, however, you see Jonathan Classe, who I think is a lesser prospect, but a very different sort of prospect. You see Johnny Farmello, who they drafted in the first round, who's younger, but Farmello can play, right? And is a higher, I think has higher upside than Gonzalez does. Ty Pete, athletic, currently at shortstop, could move to third, could certainly move to an outfield spot. These are 18-year-olds. Class A not, isn't, but Farmelo and Pete. Lazaro Montes may actually stay in the outfield. And if he does, he's very much a corner outfielder. Aiden Smith, who the Mariners took out of Texas high school, is a, you know, could play center potentially, but may end up being a corner, especially because of the presence of Julio Rodriguez. You go down their list of prospects and you see that there are a lot of very talented outfield prospects in this organization already. You know, what did the Mariners do with Cole Young, Harry Ford, Cole Emerson? Any one of those three could end up in the outfield at some point in time. I doubt it, but there's such a log jam currently. So, and then Felman Celestin, who's the best athlete of all of them, is currently a shortstop, but could be a center fielder. So, Giving up Gonzalez is interesting. He's produced in the low minors. I understand why the Twins would target him. I also understand why the Mariners would be willing to include him. This is not a make or break player in this deal for me at all. And I think the inclusion of Di Sclafani and Di Sclafani's salary is what afforded the Twins Gabriel Gonzalez in this trade. The last player is Justin Topa. We all know and came to love Justin Topa last season. Five and three, two, six, one ERA, 23 holds, 69 innings pitched, one, one, four whip, six and a half percent walk rate, 21.9% K rate, tons of ground balls, 56.7% ground ball rate. Topa was um, an important part of the Mariners bullpen last season. And while he was great, I think if the Mariners are going to trade from any place on their team, if you can get something for a reliever that is useful or you include a Topa in this deal to get it over the top, man, you do that every single time. As I've said, they print great relievers. Same thing I said when the Mariners dealt Seawald at, at the deadline. People get upset. They get attached to guys like Topa. They get attached to guys like Seawald. But the Mariners produce great relievers better than probably any other organization in baseball. And when you look at the current um, bullpen, according to roster resource, you still have Brash. You still have Munoz. You've got Gabe Spire. Jackson Kowar, I think, moves up. Kowar has outstanding stuff. I think when people see 
Jackson Kowar pitch for the first time, they're going to be pretty surprised by the stuff that he has. Trent Thornton signed to a little over a million dollar contract. Um, arbitration eligible. He's going to be a part of that bullpen likely. Still have Taylor Saucedo. And then you have this huge list of players that were acquired. Mauricio Yovera, Austin Voth, who's probably going to be that long reliever uh, starting insurance that uh, Di Sclafani was. You have Prelander Baroa, an electric arm in double A, just waiting for a little more command from Baroa to make him a big part of this bullpen. You could see him take Topa's role immediately. Ty Adcock pitched a little bit. Carlos Vargas was acquired in the Suarez trade, 100 mile an hour fastball. Edward Bazardo showed that he had some stuff. Cody Bolton, Ty Buttry, Joey Crable. They, there's a lot of, of names and arms who have either pitched decently in the major leagues or have just absolutely electric stuff that are in this organization that are going to be, re, be able to replace Topa. Is it a loss? It absolutely is a loss. 69 innings of 2.61 ERA and a whip, a sub 115 whip is a big deal. But again, I trust the Mariners more than anyone else to be able to replace a guy like that. So you gave up four players. I think they all have some form of value. But when you look at what they actually are, Darren Bowen probably was never going to be a regular in the Mariners rotation, given the long-term stability and and team control that the Mariners have with their rotation. Anthony DiSclefani was insurance, and he had a big payroll number. He was included in the deal, in the Robbie Ray deal, in mostly because of his uh, his payroll number. Gabriel Gonzalez is the is the big piece in this trade, right? It's the star of the, the trade for the Twins. But I'm not as high on Gonzalez as others are. And you have a ton of minor league hitters that are going to be ready soon that can absolutely rake. And Justin Topa, as I just said, there are arms to replace him. So let's move to the Mariners because this is the big part of it, right? Sorry, taking a sip of my beer, super excited. Again, cheers to DePoto and those guys for doing what they did. Jorge freaking Polanco, switch hitter, came up with the Twins as a shortstop, has moved over to second, um, is primarily a second baseman, although he played third for 15 games last season as well. He signed a six-year contract in 2019. So the Mariners have him for this year and a club option for next year. Uh, you're looking at, I think it's around $11 million for the trade. So what are you getting when you trade for Jorge Polanco? Last year, WRC plus 118. Second half of the season, it was 128. 2022, 119 WRC plus, 235, 346, 405, 16 homers and 445 plate appearances. 2021 was his huge year. Of course, it was a rabbit ball year as well. 124 WRC plus, he had 33 home runs and 644 plate appearances. But last season, 14 homers in 343 plate appearances, 48 RBIs, four steals, hit 255 with a 789 OPS. You have a player with a 789 OPS playing every day at second base if he can stay healthy, which is a big if. 
That is a huge upgrade over what the Mariners had last season. Remember Colton Wong. Remember all the guys that followed Colton Wong. This is not Colton Wong, folks. This is Jorge Polanco. Different caliber of player. Different caliber of hitter. Big, big power from a second baseman. 46.8% fly ball rate last season. 42.4% pull rate. That's stuff that the Twins teach. He does not ground ground out often. 28.7% ground ball rate. 21.6 degree launch angle. That is the thing that he changed during his career. So earlier in his career, his launch angle grew every year except in 2020. Since 2016, he a 13.8% barrel rate last season is incredibly high and a 40.6% hard hit rate. But Jorge Polanco is the truth. You get a, a 70th percentile barrel rate second baseman, 87th percentile sweet spot, doesn't chase a ton, does strike out, walks a lot. Now, he's not a very good second baseman at this age. Negative eight outs above average, fourth percentile last season in fielding. He still is fast, 73rd percentile. But this is a hitter. This is a legitimate, legitimate hitter. He struggled with breaking pitches last year, hit 188, the 287 slug. But he hits fastballs and he hits off speed. And last season, his splits were 233, 333. 775 against righties, 310, 341, 823 against lefties. I could not, I can't tell you how much more balance this lineup has now with Jorge Polanco instead of overexposure of Josh Rojas and Luis Urias. You were totally going to, to overexpose both of those players, right? Rojas was going to have to play against lefties on occasion. Urias against tough righties on occasion. And you weren't going to get the best out of either of those players. Now with Polanco, you know, you have to watch Polanco's injuries and keep him healthy. But you can manage that now. You can nurse that. Because you have Rojas, Urias, and Polanco on your roster. Not to mention the fact that you can sprinkle in a little Dylan Moore maybe. may You know, what does this mean for Haggerty? It might mean he's not on the team anymore. But if he is... Maybe you sprinkle him in a little bit, right? And I think Polanco hits somewhere between third and sixth. I'm not quite sure what this lineup will kind of shake out to be. But boy, you look at JP. Let's just go off of what Fangraphs has right now. JP in the one. Julio in the two. Polanco hitting third. Garver hitting fourth. Cal Raleigh hitting fifth. Ty France hitting sixth. Luke Rayleigh seven. Mitch Hanager eight. Josh Rojas nine. I think... It really genuinely slots each one of these players in where they should be. Crawford is an on-base machine. He needs to be at the top. Julio needs to get as many plate appearances as he possibly can because he's by far your best player. And we know hitting someone in the two is pretty much where it's mathematically proven that hitting your best player in the two is what you should be doing. Polanco in the three, he's a patient hitter. He takes a ton of walks. It gives Julio an opportunity to run. He does not ground into double plays because he doesn't hit that many ground balls. That's also 
when you see the difference between having, say, a Ty France in the or one of those guys who is, you know, hitting into tons of ground balls, tons of double plays, can't run. You see the difference when you have a Polanco there or a Garver there who's hitting a bunch of fly balls. I really think we will see such a different offense this season. Ty France should be hitting in the sixth, seventh hole, something in there, until he can prove that he's back. And even when he does, I think he stays there. I think that's his natural place. He is so slow. And he just he clogs the base paths. And while, you know, I think he may come back and have a, a 125 WRC plus season, do it out of the sixth hole. This is a deep lineup. We talked about Luke Rayleigh, man. Luke Rayleigh can hit against righties. He's fast. He hits for a ton of power. He's going to strike out a bit, but you're hitting him in the seven hole. Anything we get out of Mitch Hanniger, despite his salary, I think is a plus. But now he's hitting eighth. That is a deep lineup. Sometimes it might be Canzone. Canzone in the eight is great. And then Rojas in the nine, I don't know that you're expecting a ton of offense out of Josh Rojas. But he's not hitting the six or the seven anymore, right? He's all the way at the bottom of the lineup. So the acquisitions that the Mariners have made, specifically Polanco and Garver, just make this lineup deep. There are no easy outs in this lineup anymore. It it changes, especially because you're getting it out of your second baseman. It changes the entire complexion of this offense. This offense was the 12th highest scoring offense last season in baseball. I expect it to be closer to eight, maybe seven this season, especially if you get big years out of uh, Julio and Mitch Garver. I could not be more excited. I I can't believe they pulled this trade off. I'm still waiting to see exactly what the salary implications are. But if Polanco was the one salary we're paying now, and you're going to subtract Di Sclafani and, and Topa out of it, the Mariners actually came out ahead, not behind. But I'm waiting to see, because if they still have room on this payroll, maybe there is a Dylan Cease trade still coming. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Mariners are probably going to be pretty close to set with this deal. But boy, for all those naysayers and all those folks that were jumping down the throat of the Mariners and I'm not going to any more games and you guys are too cheap and I don't understand what's going on. And, you know, we, we went through a couple of months of that. Man, these guys are smart. Trust these guys. Trust them. They're doing some cool stuff. This lineup is dope. I the, the regular season opening day cannot come soon enough. I've been a fan of Polanco for a long time. I've rostered him a ton in fantasy baseball. As I said, he was the player I wanted the Mariners to acquire at the deadline. Last season, I stumped for him from day one of this offseason. Those that know me, those that are close to me, they know. I got bonked up at work over text message when this trade went down because everybody knew this was the dude. I had one homie say, the Mariners going to gonna, gonna uh, give you a job now? Because you seem to know what they're doing or who they're targeting. I won't say that, but I will say that, you know, Polanco was my dude. I, I'm, I'm overjoyed. I, you probably heard my voice. I can't wait. This team is so much better, and this team really didn't give up squat. You gave up a reliever that you salvaged last season, who's good, but replaceable. You gave up a top five prospect, arguably, but it's a slow right-handed bat. 
who we all know have to produce huge to be an asset in Major League Baseball. And I don't know that he'll end up being that. You gave up Anthony Scalfani, who was rotation insurance at $12 million a year. And you gave up Darren Bowen, who's a bit of a pop-up prospect in a 13-rounder or 13th rounder last season. You didn't give up any of the top minor league hitters. You didn't give up any of your rotation pitching. I am, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I'm excited. I'm ready to rock. Spring training can't come soon enough. Opening day can't come soon enough. Let's do this. Thank you for listening to tonight's emergency Mariners cast. Once again, we are presented to you by Sports Ethos. You can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S-M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Thanks again, y'all, for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you're as hyped as I am. Jorge Polanco is a real ball player, and this is a real team. Take care, y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.